0: So I want to talk about a very important aspect of local church, and that's leadership, and the importance of developing a biblical leadership culture, and and it's one that NCMI has been strong in and has kept developing over the years. You know, we can kind of go and download so much stuff on leadership. I have a couple of shelves full of books on leadership, secular leadership, uh, you know, biblical leadership, you know, good ideas when it comes to leadership. Of course, let scriptures inform you and then keep adding to that uh, as you go forward. There is very definitely a scriptural understanding to leadership. Those need to be the banks of the river. Um, You know, there are obviously practical ideas, good ideas, you know, uh, wisdom, out there that has worked over the years, but we do not run our churches as businesses. We don't look for the latest philosophy or idea to shape us, we're interested in them, we can learn from them. I've read a couple of biographies of good leaders, uh, you know, who were not believers, and you can pick up some some good understanding, but for me, we need a well-developed biblical doctrine when it comes to leadership. This is what Dudley says, Our future will be restricted if we can't bring through leaders. I desire to be one who catalyzes people to dream big dreams. I want every person in my care and influence to go beyond me. So I want them to dream big dreams in God. And that'll be our challenge. You know, we're going to get opportunities as those who lead churches or, or are on leadership in churches to work with men and women of varying capacity. And we want to be able to not uh, enable dreams to be dreamed and not be those who kind of think stop with us. You know, kind of when they get to us, it's things come to a grinding halt. We're insecure. People can't go further than us. Uh, You know, we're very limited in our understanding. If you want to lead a church, you need to know how to bring through people in every area and every gift that is necessary in the church and beyond, uh, in the marketplace, in the home, etc., etc., and you want to enable them to go further than you. Dudley says this as well. We all know that the kind of leaders we release will determine how effective we will become and how long that effectiveness will last. And kind of, you know, that is a challenge to us. But when we go to Scripture, we understand Jesus' Christ for workers in the harvest field. The harvest is white and it's ready but there are too few workers. And we see Jesus, as He engages with public ministry, He trains 12 so that multiplication can take place and continuity. Those two words should kind of always be in the background uh, of the motivation to develop a biblical leadership culture. Paul does the very same. Gets to Ephesus, trains leaders. Gets these 12 together that he helps understand When it comes to the gospel message and then they become a team that work with him and out of that team in the time that he was in Ephesus there are those that plant out and they impact the whole region with the gospel. So everything rises and falls with leaders. Show me a healthy leadership team and I'll show you a healthy church. Leadership may be one of the many functions that there are in the body of Christ but it's an important one. It helps the others function. It's not the only function. It's important for us to understand. You see, in the times that we're living in, it's very similar to Paul's day in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 14. Paul says, I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. We could spend the rest of this session just talking about that. In other words, let's try and understand it in today's context. There are 10,000 guardians. There are 10,000 ideas out there. There are people with great one-liners, good books, good illustrations, good understanding. But I tell you, the kind of leader God wants us to become and the kind of leaders He wants us to reproduce, multiply, is with a father heart you see uh, teachers give you the ideas fathers walk with you fathers help you develop there's it's more than just uh, you know cerebral input it's more than just the idea it's helped me put it into practice that's what's important and so even today a general statement is is there are just too few fathers Uh, you know I've yet to come to a church where they say we have an abundance of leaders but start with that early on in your plant or your transition, determined to raise up leaders. Very important. Yes, uh, a sad verse, Isaiah 39, verse 8. The word of the Lord, you have spoken is good, Hezekiah replied, for he thought there will be peace and security in my lifetime. That was it. It's sad because he, he wasn't kind of thinking, well, you know, let's continue to intercede. Let's continue to fight for the generations that are coming uh, beyond, you know, behind me. Uh, And that for me is a good leader. A good leader is not just trying to make it and trying to do what he's called to do, but he's raising up others so that the vision that we are called to can continue. So we prepare our future by discipling with leadership development as an essential part of that. And so during this session, we're going to encourage you and I'm going to encourage you to have a well-developed and ever-growing biblical value when it comes to leadership so our approach has got the three r's to it recognize raise and release recognize raise and release and we need to be busy with all three recognize recognize is is something that we're going to have to develop look our best understanding of what we see in scripture is leaders develop leaders uh, it, and and so one of our primary responsibility as leaders is to spot the new leaders coming through ask God for that revelation of course if you want to know who a leader is are people following them are people accessing them are people talking to them and you know and it's not just pastorally you know there could be leaders apostolically who have got a vision to get the gospel out is there a team of people that are following them you know Generally speaking, you don't know who a leader is. He's got people following him. But let's talk about recognize. Both observation and revelation are important. So, you know, revelation is God is going to show you those guys are leaders. And often when you come to a couple and you say to them, I really believe God's speaking to me about you, they don't even know it. But here's the key issue. They too Those that you're going to raise up for leadership need revelation from God that they are called. Of course, we'll train as many as we can. We'll be broad. We'll be generous. Uh, We won't be exclusive in our training. But I tell you, only release leaders that are called of God. Observation, like I said, you can observe around who the leaders are, who the people are going to, who, who do they access. That'll show us. And so, in our recognizing, we we recognize leaders for now. We have an understanding of how best to shepherd this flock, fulfill the call of God on this local church, impact the community with the gospel. We have an understanding now of the gifts that are missing. And, you know, God in His mercy and grace will provide couples, individuals who kind of fit those criteria. But also, we're going to train and we're going to release leaders ahead of time for the future Of what God has for us so we're not just thinking now me and my 120 folk I'm thinking of what God wants to do to impact in the in the city to grow us to twice or three times that number if you want to be ready for what God's doing train leaders right now and then like I said recognize don't let bigger gifts than yourself intimidate you you see we're not there to compete and we're not there as the prototype. Christ is our prototype. And so if they preach better than us, good, because that's how our team grows. And if they have got greater wisdom us or greater biblical knowledge, good. And so I'm not the one that blocks and limits in any way. And so get rid of all your biases, other cultures, past hurts, disappointments, personality types. Kind of, yeah, it's an important thing. You think, well, those kind of people irritate me. You think of the kind of multi-everything nature of those who were on Jesus' team. They were on opposing sides politically. They were kind of opposites when personality uh, is defined. They were different in their outlook. Some were shy. Some were, you know, well-spoken. Some, like John, just loved Jesus. Others were front-footed and full of action, uh, and so on and so on, and so We can't let personality types limit us to us recognizing we must be generous and be able to train all. And then um, get all your leaders busy with this task of recognizing. It's not just you as the lead of the church or the eldership team. All the elders need to be on board. Every leader, every Sunday school teacher, every deacon, every person in any position of authority. It's important that all of us are busy because leaders give birth to leaders, leaders attract leaders. You know, when you get busy with the task that God has given you, you suddenly find that there's a team of people interested. And you know, we found this over the years. Uh, children's ministry goes into a slump. You find the couple that spark it, or the individual, and suddenly you got many interested. And so, recognize, look, trust God for this. Uh, getting the job done is only part of the task. Raising leaders along the way is imperative. And it is interesting, like I said, that both Jesus and Paul, as they begin their ministry straight away, they're wanting to multiply. And then raise, raise. Second point, raise. So we recognize, and then those that we recognize, and those that put their hands up and say, wow, we feel God's called us to be leaders, or we think God's called us to be leaders. Let's raise them up. Let's, uh, you know, take time out of our busy schedules. Let's set time aside to to discuss, to talk, to teach, and to give opportunity to those that believe God has a call on their lives. Remember, we want to raise everyone, but we are going to release those that are called of God. Okay, so the challenge is to, res- is to resist making your training purely academic. And look, it's a it's always a challenge. It's easy have a Bible study group, but it can't just be the Bible study that kind of raises them up. There's got to be practical application. It says about a deacon in 1 Timothy 3, test that deacon first. Is that like an examination where we kind of ask them the scriptures? Yeah, I feel that's part of it, but I feel give them responsibility. And so part of raising up, uh, it can't just be the accumulation of facts, it's giving responsibility, giving them opportunity early on into what uh, the, 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 the disciples uh, walk with Jesus as he kind of helped them and, and trained them. He gave them practical things. Go out. You, you know how risky that is? They didn't know it all. They never had the right attitudes. They, they were going to be refined in the process, but Jesus risked it. And when they came back, he was able to make the adjustments so that they could fulfill the call of God on their lives. And so the apostolic function of any local church enables us to take folk on trips with us, uh, let them be exposed to the bigness of God's vision. Uh, When we minister and we go out and pray for the sick or, you know, if you know there's an opportunity to take a couple with you to counsel or to Go and teach somewhere, or go and do an ordination in another church, or to operate uh, in the doors that God has for you, wherever they are. Take people with you. Take people with you. It's so important that we take people with us, you know. And then, when you take them with you, give them a little bit to do, you know. You know, don't go and hand over the whole sermon to them, the whole teaching to them, the counselling session. Ask them a few questions and set them up for success. Say to them, when we get there, I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to read a passage of scripture. I'm going to ask you for your opinion. I'm going to give you 10 minutes to explain uh, an aspect of what I'm teaching on. It's important to set them up and to give them opportunity. And then at times, give them opportunity. Let them go out. Okay, you go and counsel that couple now. Or you go and follow up on that opportunity. Uh, and it's, obviously, it's in proportion to their maturity and their understanding of what's going on in that situation. And then even with your training, uh, don't make it one way. The word for teach in the Greek implies interaction, mm. teaching with discussion. Okay, now here's the concept. Let's try and understand how we put it into practice. And so we ask questions. We, we kind of look at how do we apply that truth so that we can all grow in it. Uh, and then vary your methods, you know. Um, so what I've done over the years at times, I've got young guys to my house early morning to pray. We have coffee, we have a, a muffin or something, and then we, we, we talk about, you know, some of where the church is at right now, and we pray. Uh, we've got a kind of year of your life program. I'd go and sit with them and say, if you would have preached you know the next series what would you handle what do you think god's saying and so we're looking for opportunities to connect to ask questions get couples around alone uh, together at times a few couples look for different ways i remember taking um 10 of my young adult guys with me Uh, we went and served at an equip uh, at in zanzibar we put all the chairs out we organized the food we organized the transport uh, and then afterwards once the equip was over we'd done no preaching we'd done nothing we just served I said guys for two days now uh, we're going to hire motorbikes and we're going to kind of drive uh, we're going to go tour the island uh, we're going to go and look at the slave caves we're going to go and do some snorkeling in this beautiful tropical paradise we're going to eat pineapples and chapati you know under palm trees and and I looked for those opportunities to train to talk Every morning we prayed, we would discuss the apostolic. They would ask questions, a great opportunity to connect. And through that, out of those 10, we had about, we had six of them come on to eldership. Two guys have gone on to plant churches. I want to encourage you. We have to take time out of what we are doing to realize this is the way God multiplies and causes continuity to take place. Trust God for practical applications to what you're talking about and so for me (coughs) over the years we've collected um you know um, headings of what we need to do when we train our leaders coming through Uh, obviously we want them to be well versed in scripture and yeah some of the areas that we think is important number one training in doctrine okay so we're talking about raising leaders and this is the the kind of impartation part of it all this is what you want to make sure that they're on the same page when it comes to doctrine, biblical understanding of how we do things. It's This is the value of kingdom we're talking about. Then we want them to understand as well, biblical authority and church government. Uh, it's something we don't cover much. But it says of Jesus that the government will be on His shoulders. In other words, you know, th- there is a government that He comes to establish. There's an order. There's an order in in society, in politics. There's an order in the home. Uh, there's an order in the local church, and it's important that we understand this. And then number three, discipling the nations and how to lead somebody to Christ, how to plant a church, all, all under the same heading of the apostolic uh, nature of a church. You see, the apostolic isn't a, a kind of add-on project that we're busy with. No, It's important that every believer is raised up with an apostolic understanding of their identity in Christ. We are raised in Christ to make a difference, to preach the gospel. Do our leaders know how to lead somebody to Jesus, how to disciple them? Uh, Do our leaders know how to plant churches? Because that's what this local church is going to do. Not one day we're going to grow up and become a church planting church. No, right from the beginning, in the very first few weeks of your church plant, determined to be open to be able to plant a church and then um, an issue to cover is our new testament wineskin understanding of local church you know many good ideas again many ways in which we could do this many good ideas from others what is god saying to us through the scriptures of how to build this church are we building the church jesus Is building. Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail. Are we building his church? Because that's an overcoming church. Um, And then in line with that is from Philippians chapter 1 verse 1 is Paul and and Timothy write to the church, writes to the leaders, writes to the church, and there's this apostolic partnership. Every New Testament church, every church should be partnering with translocal team. And then um, how to develop that church to become a base church. God wants all churches to be base churches. So right from the beginning, we want to declare that this is going to be a base church. We're going to resource. We're going to send out. uh, We're going to make available all of what God has blessed us with. We're going to look for ways to get get involved in our community and the nation. And then um, as well, part of leadership training is learning to develop a leadership culture. So we want to raise up leaders as part of our leadership training. We want to teach our leaders how to raise leaders. How to raise leaders in family, in community, in the marketplace, and in the local church. Part of leadership training is learning about biblical team. Uh, learning about how the kingdom of God is financed. Um, it's important. I tell you, um, this is such a, an area of misunderstanding. Two extremes. Keep your pastor poor. And you know, that's holy, or you know, kind of the ministry is about fleecing the sheep, and we have the prosperity gospel that kind of takes advantage of people. There is a biblical way, kind of the road in the middle of both those extremes: poverty mentality and uh, an understanding that it's just kind of about getting rich. Is this living by faith, obedient with our tithe, generous with our giving, and? good stewards of what God has blessed us with. And so we want to teach our leaders how to be free of the love of money and how to understand uh, doing finances God's way and the fact that all leaders, all of us, are called to live by faith. Even those who are church-paid, we are called to live by faith. We're not in this to get rich. We're not in this to, to kind of secure a future for ourselves vocationally. No, we live by faith. Another important area we teach on is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, Luke chapter 4 is a magnificent, a wonderful chapter on Jesus' relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's baptized in chapter 3. He's filled with the Spirit. In chapter 4, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted. He comes out of that time of temptation temptation in the power of the Spirit. That's awesome. And so, he goes on to uh, the synagogue and he declares, "The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me." There's his relationship, and then ministry breaks out. He teaches with authority, and his teaching and preaching have signs following with deliverance and healing. Awesome, uh, a, a chapter on our relationship with the Spirit, learning to be, to keep in step with the Spirit. And then uh, allied to that is hearing God's voice, the whole uh, prophetic way in which we lead the church. We need to hear what God is saying to the church. Revelation 2 and 3, as to every church, Jesus writes to them, and He says, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, if you have ears. And I feel the indictment to many of us today is we do our own thing and we trust God for blessing. No, no, we need to try and get on board with what God is doing because that's blessed. And so we want to hear his voice amongst the many voices. This is an area where a lot of people are immature. A lot of questions I get in kind of my role as a pastor in the local church, uh, not just from, uh, you know, the priesthood, but from leaders as well, is how do you hear God's voice? So we need to teach on that. Fathering and discipling. Uh, Every person should be discipled in a place where they've been discipled and every person should be discipling others if you're a few weeks old as a believer you've got something to help somebody else with and it's important that everybody's on board with that remember our command from matthew 28 is to make disciples of all nations lockdown has taught us that we need to come back to this thing of discipleship raising up those around us um then we go on to release. So we've looked at recognize, we've looked at raise briefly, and now we want to talk about release. Interesting how often we can recognize and we can raise, but we're a little afraid to open our hands. I want to encourage you, right from the start of your church plot or your season of leading a church that you may transition, be a generous, open-handed leader. It is so important that we aren't the bottleneck that it's not like we keep raising up potential, we keep raising up potential, we keep raising up potential, and they've got to leave our church to go to another church so that they can actually find some kind of practical way in, in which to operate in what God has put on them. I don't want to be that bottleneck. And, and if it kind of seems like we've never done that before, because this guy's got this unique gifting. Well, let's open those doors. Let's look to God to be generous and open-hearted, open-handed. You see, we're raising them up, not for our local church. We're raising them up for the kingdom of God. And for this season, we might steward them. But like uh, with, I think, Priscilla and Aquila, had the wonderful opportunity of, of kind of pioneering with Paul uh, and Paul, uh, there were wonderful ways in which he helped paul raise up leaders who went further than them and so we want to steward whatever god gives us whatever gifts he gives us realizing that some of them are going to go translocal or even plant out and go further than us but i want to have open hands i want to because it's when they are sent out and released uh, it's in that place of trust that something happens The disciples come back to Jesus and they say, wow, we've got the power. You want to know the kind of miracles that we did. You know, the demons were running from us and they were raving in their immaturity in the power that they'd been given. Jesus doesn't smack them and put them through another three years of Bible school. He corrects them, he admonishes them, and then he sends them out again. And so we want to learn how to be like a father, when it comes to that, you know, so you've you've fallen, you've fallen off the bicycle, let's get you back on, I'll hold the saddle for a while, and I'll help you build up your conf- confidence, so that you can go for it, open hands, no forcing, no pushing, no holding back, no manipulating, you know, the the worst thing we could do is, when guys get raised up, and girls get raised up, with apparent anointing, uh, is to just get threatened by them, and just hope they're going to plant out, no, that could be God. Uh, blessing this local church to grow bigger and do more. So we mustn't feel threatened. We must open our hearts, pray into this, trust God for doors to open, because that's the way this church will increase. You know, I think of the Antioch moment, very awkward moment. You know, Barnabas fetches Paul from Tarsus. He realizes the anointing on that man's life, and he church uh, Paul comes into this multicultural. Uh, church he's able to elaborate the gospel with brilliance this is his area of anointing and very soon after joining through a prayer meeting he's on his way with Barnabas wow that church was open-handed whether or not Barnabas or Paul were leading the eldership is superfluous that church was open-handed and the leadership were able to release big gifts like that Of course, Paul and Barnabas come back and they report that great things have happened and God wants to do great things through all of us. And on top of it, they stay there for a while and continue to teach. Create opportunities. Trust God for these open doors. The release of this is important. And I tell you, here's the thing. We risk with youth, but not with character. And so in our releasing, it's we release according to where, you know, men and women have submitted their hearts to jesus don't just because the guy's got a great gift to preach or he seems as though he can influence people or the woman is pretty good with kids no how are their hearts do they love jesus remember these are god's people these are the sheep that have been entrusted to you and according to hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 we watch over souls that's what leaders do and we'll give an answer to god and so we want to ensure that those who uh, kind of we release, have got good hearts. They are teachable. They, it's important to have godly character, uh, and then we can release them. So there we have it, um, our, uh, a very brief kind of understanding of how to develop a good leadership value in our local churches. And like I said, become a student yourself, and learn, and trust God. Uh, I found that you know, I kind of started out there with the books and the opinions and the sermons of others, which is cool, started to develop a conviction, started to read the scriptures more, and now I'm starting to use the scriptures more to raise our leaders than, you know, kind of, you know, good teachings that come from, you know, out there somewhere. Let the scriptures be the way uh, that we develop our leadership culture in our local church. The scriptures are, are very frank and open. There's glaring examples of failure that are there for our learning and they are wonderful examples of men and women submitted to God flowing with the Holy Spirit doing great exploits and you know one of the missing ingredients today is not many leaders in the world step forward and take responsibility and so in the church we have a very unique thing happening in that leaders are saying here I am Lord send me use me and I don't want my church or my heart, or my attitude, or the environment I'm in, to be uh, this bottleneck, and where everything comes crashing down. I want to think with possibility. I want men and women to dream bigger. I want them to go further. We've still got many churches to plant, transition. We've got areas to break into, to to impact society, and people groups to impact with the gospel. Uh, So I encourage you, uh, let this be an area that you're fluent in, And the Spirit of God has His His way to work through your life. Bless you guys.